Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, our book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliet. And I'm Jessen. And I'm Amanda Deal. Oh yeah, we have a special <laughs> guest in the house tonight. Some of you may know her from a few places, including Book Riot and Smart Bitches podcast, and we're so happy to have you here today. Why don't you tell us, everybody, what we'll be reviewing this episode? <laughs> so today we'll be reviewing Polaris Rising, which is the first book in Jesse Mihalik's Consortium, Consortium, however you want to pronounce it, <laughs> Rebellion series. I'm so excited. Uh, this happens to be our first sci-fi romance review on the podcast, which we're so excited about. But before we dive in, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. Jessen and I love getting feedback from our listeners, so follow us on our social media pages at SWReadROM. If you're looking for some extras, join our Patreon for access to awesome swag, free books, a look behind the scenes of our episodes, and just us totally dorking out. So um, we would love to have you. <laughs> Special shout out to our patrons. We're so thankful for you guys and your support. So... Before we get going, we're going to do some chitty chat with Amanda. Yes, we're going to get to <laughs> so know excited. Amanda. <laughs> so let's, um, let's just uh, talk a little bit about what you wanted to talk about, Amanda, which I think was tropes. Yes, I wanted to talk about my favorite ones and the ones that don't really work for me. I love talking <laughs> oh, about this because everybody's so different. Everyone <laughs> yeah. is very different. Um, so my personal favorite is enemies to lovers. Oh my god, Same. mine too. I just love it when people <laughs> that's are just insane. Like angry, horny at each other. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's the perfect. Yes. I love angry horny. Angry yes. sexual so tension is the best. They have like pants feelings, but they're angry that they have pants feelings. Yes. <laughs> Look, enemies to lovers is a frequent, you know, occurrence whenever we're looking for books. Yeah. We're like, ooh, enemies to lovers, instant buy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That and, is so awesome. And the ones like that don't work for me and I feel like I'm the minority in these is that I oh I love this I'm <laughs> I'm not a fan of second chance romances oh Neither my god <laughs> me neither Amanda we're twins I find that, that it so works funny. for me sometimes but then other times I'm just like no not working I feel like they, the author has to work harder on the second chance romance for yeah. me to be like yeah I'm down with this and for me like we read one and Jessen, I don't remember which one it was, um, which we called a second chance romance, but it really wasn't. It was like they met each other once upon a time, but they didn't have a relationship relationship. And right. then to me, I'm just not excited about if they've already gone through all the falling in love part and we're just meeting back up again. I'm like, eh, eh. I don't know. It just is not exciting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. And a lot of times for the second chance romance, something really bad has to happen for like the falling out. And I feel like yeah. whenever the second half of the book, um, whenever they're trying to get back to each other, it's like, how how can we make it to where it's believable that they want to get back together? I just mm -hmm. find that it's a frequent trope of like something happened, a misunderstanding or whatever. And they're basically just like, She's just like, oh, just talk it out, talk it out. So I don't know. Sometimes they just don't work for me either. As a romance reader, sometimes I feel I'm very cynical in that if <laughs> if a relationship didn't work the first time around, why do you right. think it's going to work again? And I, I right. totally What's agree. changed? What has changed and here? I, I have have to, you suddenly grown up? <laughs> I have to think about my past relationships and like, would I ever date any of those men again? Oh my God. Definitely no. not. <laughs> no, never. I totally, totally, totally <laughs> that. Get is that is a very good point. I never even thought of it that way. 
Yeah. And everybody's, you know, reading experience is subjective and it, you bring your life experiences into it. And it's just like, what would, I, would mm-hmm. I do that? No. So it's hard to relate to something that it's like, I would never do that. Yeah. So my other than since we we're talking about like favorites to enemy celebrities is definitely my top my second one, which I saw this as an actual trope because at first I just thought it was like, I don't know. I don't know what you would label it, but forced proximity, which we talk about a lot. Because it's not exactly a trope, but it's like a situation we see in a lot of romances. And I love that when they're just like forced to be together, like in the deal or something like that. Mm -hmm. It gives them a reason to connect on each other. And yeah, especially for enemies to lovers, like the hating game, you know, right? Exactly. They're working together. For forced proximity, I've been getting into a lot of survival elements like it's the main ooh, couple like ooh. versus the environment like they're thrown oh together gosh, because what are you reading they have to survive <laughs> i, I so, need to know what you're reading so we <laughs> did a cool. rec league on smart bitches all about survival romances and there's hmm. one coming out it got pushed to january and i'm so sad it's white out by adriana anders okay ooh. And this is the a new author for me. The main couple is like stranded in I don't want to say the Arctic, but it's a very snowy, super cold climate. Ooh, um, I, love I that. love that. Well, okay, guys. Um, all right. So we are super excited to have Amanda here. Let's get on to the book. All righty. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it, but we're going to talk about, you know, everything else in the breakdown. Yeah. So for Polaris Rising, we, it's pretty much a space princess on the run. I really love this. Mm-hmm. It's so original. And um, there's a galactic fugitive aiding her in her escape. And Polaris Rising is a sci-fi adventure romance. And it's going to pull you in from the first scene. Mm-hmm. And we love all of the world building in this space opera. Jesse Mahalik creates a unique world with tons of family intrigue and interconnectivity. And I just absolutely fell in love with this book. I'm so glad that Amanda recommended it. So- I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, it was like seriously, I had never heard of it when you sent us that list. I was like, hmm, Polaris Rising. And um, we had talked about doing some sci-fi, but it not just landed on one that, Mm -hmm. you know, piqued our interest. So So before we move on about the book, though, I just want to share with you guys how I met Amanda. First of all, (laughs) I knew Amanda's name because I am an avid follower of Smart Bitches. And it was at the RT convention in Atlanta. I'm at the Kensington signing, actually. And I was just sitting at the little table or whatever. And this very pretty young woman comes up to me <laughs> and uh, is like, hi, I'm Amanda Deal with Smart Pitches. And I read The Black Lily and it was amazing. I almost fainted. I literally I had this. like, I was like so nervous. It was and crazy. that was the RT that I was trying to go to, yes. but then it didn't work out. Yes, that was that. The, so my so last sad. RT I went to too, which was really sad. But, um, but yes, that was so fun meeting you there and just... I'm so glad you two met so that we could do this and then get some awesome book recommendations because seriously, I absolutely love this book. Always happy to help. (laughs) So Amanda, do you normally, is sci-fi like one of your preferred um, genres to read in romance? I love sci-fi romance. I always want more of it. I kind of like cut my teeth on Linnea Sinclair. She... Okay, I've heard of her, but I've not read her. I've seen her like on Goodreads. Covers aren't great. Uh, yeah, yeah. But as long really as it's good. recommended by someone trusted, I'm like I can overlook a bad right. cover. Yes, right. they're so good, and I just I want more of it. And so anytime something comes out that's like sci-fi romance, I'm there. 
because I just I want yeah. more. Yeah, I feel like sci-fi is just something new that Juliet and I will go through phases of the subgenres that we'll read. And sci-fi is one of the ones that we've really been getting into lately. And it's so fun finding other people who like normally read sci-fi because I'm like, I really need good book recs because there's right. so many books out there. And to just filter it into like the good books, I really needed that. So that's why I was so excited about this I know. This I mean, one. I always depend on Jess and I call her my um, book poison tester you know <laughs> like taste tester she has to tell me what books are good <laughs> then I'll follow her lead but well it's hard yes, to exactly f- to find it because when I heard about this book I was wary like would it be sci-fi with a romantic plot thread or would it be sci-fi romance because mm-hmm. it's published mm-hmm. by Harper Voyager which isn't like a romance imprint romance yeah. right so that's always like the crux of trying something sci-fi romancy is that is it a romance where it's central to the story or is it mm-hmm. science fiction with just some like kissing thrown in? Right, right. Exactly. just like a little bit tied in. I feel like Locke and her relationship is central to the story. Yes. You know? oh, yeah, it plays so. a huge part in everything. And one of the things that I really liked about it too is we always harp on like info dump whenever it comes to paranormal romance urban fantasy because it's world building there's so much world building that an author has to do and i find that jesse mahalik was so talented in the way that the first chapter opens and it's like so action-packed you really get a good sense of the characters and the entire world without having too much information i was just i just felt I love her writing style, and I'm so glad. I can't wait for the next book. And it's funny you mentioned the intro or the info dump because I do read a lot of paranormal and urban fantasy and regular fantasy, Mm -hmm. and I feel with first books in any series, I'm definitely more forgiving about because I know they have to, like, establish everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, info dumping is not great, but I'm willing to look the other way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, Amanda, would you mind giving us a few character descriptions of our main oh, characters? I would not mind. So the <laughs> heroine of Polaris Rising is Ada von Hassenberg. She's super resourceful because she's had to live her life on the run. And so the reason mm-hmm. why she left her family is she's avoiding an arranged marriage, as you do. Happens all the Which time. I love. <laughs> I, I love, but I say I love this combination of archaic and modern I, cool. they did a good job kind of explaining how the houses work and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah, they did. even though she's a fugitive she's still a space princess and <laughs> her dad has been trying to locate her for two years because this marriage is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. and she's finally captured by mercenaries and she's put into a holding cell and in the cell next to her is another fugitive and she hopes that like he is the key to getting off the ship and oh yeah not being do a team up (laughs) not being turned over to her dad and it doesn't hurt that he's deliciously hot no that's always a nice bonus (laughs) and then the hero oh oh (laughs) man of my heart (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so marcus Locke is a incredibly dangerous galactic fugitive And he was involved in what's known as the Fornax Rebellion, which has been kind of like spinned into this thing where he killed his allies during a war. (laughs) That doesn't really matter to Ada when she's like, I need to get out of here. So Yeah, you might be useful. So we'll overlook your past. So they they (laughs) team up together. And he is known as the devil of Fornax and pretty much any hero with like a name. devil in a nickname. I'm there. So I'm I, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs> but he has his own kind of 
chip on his shoulder in regards mm-hmm. to like the ruling houses and their relation to yeah. you know the Fornax rebellion and so he thinks that by teaming up with Ada, he kind of has like an opportunity to get back at them. Yes. And guess what, guys? He is the dark broody type. So do you think I like fell in love with him? Absolutely. (laughs) He's right up Juliet's like alley. Mine too, but it's amazing. (laughs) Okay, guys, that's it for the spoiler free section. We're now going to move into spoilery stuff. So if you have not read this yet, you need to go out and grab it and read it and then come back and uh, continue with us. Okay, we're now in the spoiler section. Amanda, you are up first for the okay. showdown. I was worried that I would pick a scene <laughs> that like you guys had picked. It's okay. If you did, it's okay. okay. It's happened to us before. Yes, this, we so. some yeah, we sometimes have the same scene. <laughs> this was my very favorite scene because I thought it was a great wink wink nudge nudge to the romance reader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. And it's the scene where Locke and Ada realize they have a mutual friend in common named Reese, and he is oh held. Oh my gosh, I love this scene. <laughs> I think and, this might be my scene. Oh no! <laughs> no, no, this is okay. Go ahead. And um, you know, Ada's turned to him for help and stuff like that. And when Ada and Locke escaped a previous planet, they have acquired another kind of like fugitive named mm-hmm. Veronica. So you right. have Veronica and Reese and Ada and Locke all at Reese's house having a lovely dinner party. And <laughs> <laughs> Reese and Locke are just oozing testosterone. Oh, and they yeah. have this civilized <laughs> dinner. And afterwards, they're like, let's just fight <laughs> for yeah, a minute. Yeah, let's spar. Like, <laughs> so I love yeah, this let's scene. do that. The scene was great. <laughs> These two men whip off their shirts and just oh start fighting and like sparring. And Amanda wins. She has two shirtless <laughs> men in so, her scene. Yeah, it is so alpha-ish, if ever. Oh my um, god. And Veronica and Ada are on the sidelines watching it, and she it's first person POV, and she's like, I hated to admit it because it was violent and uncivilized, but it was hot. Yeah. Same <laughs> and, Ada, same. Yes. A quick glance at Veronica proved I wasn't the only one who thought so. Oh, God. That is so awesome. I love this little moment between, like, those women who just kind of lock eyes and be like, yeah, this is not bad. Appreciation. This is good after dinner dinner entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) And I just feel like the scene is kind of completely unnecessary in furthering the plot. But it's like a nice bit of fan service for the romance reader. (laughs) It was a nice little break from all of the drama that was happening. Right. And I really liked it. Just guys being guys. Like, (laughs) let's beat up on each other a little bit. (laughs) It's so testosterone laden. It's so Juliet, was that your. No, it's not mine, but it's close. I think she's going to beat me anyway, but that's okay. (laughs) That's all right. All right, Justin, you're up. What's yours? Okay, so mine is a quieter moment. I mean, Juliet, typical, right? Um, Yeah, I know. I was like, surprise, surprise. Woo, quiet moment. So my scene is whenever they are on the planet that's half light, half half dark, and they just like went through the city. It's like full of like mercs and like seedy people. Yeah. And there's a scene whenever they're back at their like home base safe house um, spot and 
whenever Ada just like turns to Locke and says, I need a judgment free minute. And he's just like looking at oh, her like, yeah. like, what are, what are you going to do? And what she wants is a hug. And she I talks totally about, I love this scene. So what she talks about is that the way that she was raised, her parents were so ruthless and they trained their children basically to be like spies whenever they were married and uh, basically to further their house, um, their house's interests. And her and her siblings are really close and they were really affectionate. And I really mm-hmm. just like that Ada's such a strong character, but she's right. also vulnerable and she craves love yeah. and human connections. And I just loved it. And then, you know, after she gets her hug, Locke decides to sneak in like a kiss, like, hey, you get a hug, (gasps) I get a kiss. So that was like their first kiss there. And, you know, he had to like walk outside to cool himself off. And it was just like our really, our first like very intimate, affectionate moment between them. And I just loved it. I was just like, (laughs) oh my God, I love you guys. Well, when they like first hug and she like wraps her arms around him, she's like, you know, you're supposed to hug me back. Like, don't just stay Yeah, like not just me hugging you. Let me show you how to do it. Your arms come around me. <laughs> so I just really loved it. I, I like her oh character because God. she's a really good mix of like a badass and also just like, hey, I love love and affection. She's my you know, favorite. I just love heroine. her. She's mm-hmm. she's wonderful. I enjoyed yeah. reading about her. Okay. Well, I'm the total loser here, so but I will share mine anyway. So, okay. So my my scene was leading up to Amanda's. It was the dinner itself. And it was because Reese is pushing all of Locke's buttons. Like he wants Ada to sit next oh, to yeah. him. Oh and he's, mating, he's making all these like overtly like little sexual innuendos toward her and giving her eyes about their past together. <laughs> like insinuating they had a thing. And Locke is losing his shit. You know, yes. like he's he's got like the angry eyes and he's like, no, she'll sit by me. Like he's all being all possessive of Ada the whole time. And I just loved it because this is where we finally see that Locke is not indifferent to Ada at all. Like he wants her for himself. You know and what I mean? really like how Reese like really picked up on Locke's interest in Ada and Very like his fast. immediate reaction as only a friend will do is to like, <laughs> you know, push his buttons and like, see how far he can go. Oh, to, remember those Locke days to together. It. Yes. yes. Like he's exactly. like... <laughs> It was so, so funny. I just, I just love it when guys like dig at each other over a girl. You know? Yeah, me too. It's a grown-up so. version of like teasing, like, "Oh, so you like her?" Like, I know. Yes, it so is. It's Ada so true. And Locke like, sitting, sitting in a tree. <laughs> oh my gosh, these kids! These kids. All right, okay, guys. So um, that's good for the showdown. So we will have that up on Instagram, so you guys can vote on who won that round. Uh-huh. I know it's not me. Whatever. Okay. Oh, I'm fine you always it. say that. Um, all right. So let's get to the breakdown, Justin. You get us started. Yes. Okay. So I thought we could start off with a brief little world building overview. So this is entirely pretty much set in space. A few planets, stop offs and stuff, but they're so incredibly cool. So we have the consortium, which is pretty much like the governing body. And it's made up of three high houses. And Ada is the daughter of one of the high house um, leaders. And they also have some smaller houses. What I found interesting on my reread was that there was a fourth house and I didn't pick up on that 
during my first read and I'm like, yeah. what happened to this fourth house? So anyway, yeah. that was just a little <laughs> nugget. And then the three houses are the Von Hasenbergs, the Yamato and the Rockhurst. And they're pretty much all competitors. They all are involved in like techie stuff. They have basically their fingers in like all the pies yeah. and they're frenemies. It's like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And I just really liked the world that this created. It was just so messy and great. I didn't know if it was explained in the book, but the what I took from it was the houses were kind of like what was left over after everything kind of like merged together. So I felt like the Yamada house was kind of like East Asia and what was left of East Asia. Yes, I kind of got that vibe too. Yeah, like dynasties almost or something. Either that I think the Rockhurst might have been like new money. I compared them to like the Rockefellers. I love that. I love this idea. I didn't really think about that, but yeah. Von Hoffenberg's like the old Europe. um, Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love that insight. That is great. (laughs) See, this is why you discuss books. You learn something new about the book that you read a million times. It's amazing. That's so cool. Yay, Amanda. That's awesome insight. Okay, you guys, let's get into the breakdown now. So we have Ada, who is the very beginning. She gets captured and thrown into a cell with Locke. She's, we find out she's running away from an arranged marriage where she would be expected to spy for House von Hassenberg. Like, what they did is they would marry your daughter off into an opposite house, and then you became a spy for your own house within that house. Yeah. So, and she doesn't want any part of this. So, um, she, you know, like their motto was House von Hassenberg comes first, you yeah, know, and all this stuff. Pretty much that's what was so, instilled in like all yes. of the children. And we also get a hint that her sister or two, maybe even two of her sisters had been married and unhappy yeah, and whatever. So she ones. doesn't, right. She doesn't want to follow in those footsteps. So the captain of the ship that has captured her has already sent a message to her father, the head of House von Hassenberg, but Ada is still planning her escape. She's like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah, she doesn't before quit. Before he can get here. Yeah. And I love that about her. Um, We find that Locke has quite the reputation. (laughs) As we said, he was the devil of Fornax. And where have I heard that name? It's the biggest name. (laughs) Yeah, he's done a lot of killing. (laughs) Super killer. Um, But she thinks she can use him to her advantage. She's like, okay, this guy's got skills, right? And um, I love this quote by her. She says, I needed to talk to Locke about a possible alliance, but I needed to be on point to get it right. I couldn't just steamroll over him like I'd done with the captain. I love Um, how she is so observant and she mm-hmm. she just immediately knows how she has to like play a person right she's so very intuitive. the way that she the way that she acts with the captain the way that she acts with like the head blonde merc and the way that she acts with Locke are completely different i just love that about her she's so smart right right and um i do and i think that also may come from her noble upbringing yes. how they teach them to read people you know agreed um and read a room and that kind of thing so so this blonde mark john has it out for ada and he allowed Locke's chains to be loosened enough so that he could get extremely close to her sort of I like love that scene threaten her and you know all of this and um but before the captain uh finds out about all this Locke is able to steal a kiss from her yes just like <laughs> but i love the reason why because it says Whenever she's thinking about it, she's like, if he was close enough to give me a kiss, he could have gone th- for like my jugular. Like yes, he could have he killed me. He could have hurt so me. So they're both but he kind didn't. of feeling, e- feeling each other feeling out. Each other like, out. okay. It, right. She we knows both he's need dangerous. An ally. Yeah. Yeah. She knows he's dangerous, but like maybe he doesn't mean me harm. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and okay, I'm going to read one more quote. But it says, he took one manipulator to spot another, and Mr. Kissy McKissface over there wasn't off the hook. <laughs> he had the opportunity to hurt me, and because he didn't, I found myself more willing to trust him. Right. Exactly. I, 
Exactly. We have a lot of humor in her point of view that I love. You know, I do just like, like her little voice. things her voice like that. Is a good balance of it's like, not complete seriousness. Do you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So uh, Ada is savvy, and she seems to know the layout and workings of the ship pretty well and so she plans to steal an escape ship she's invited to dinner with a captain and so she's thinking okay this is going to be my time to you know escape or figure things out but as she's having dinner with him richard rockhurst who is the guy she's betrothed to marry right that she doesn't want to marry who's been running she's been running from him for two years um he appears suddenly he's like um i'm landing and i'm getting ada and i'm taking her to her father yeah so she's like oh shit so ada knows this whole thing is a lie that richard is not there to bring her to her father but to kidnap her right so she's like i've got to got to get the hell out of here so she's left alone in the captain's quarters while he goes to greet richard and she easily escapes of course um and we find that um she finds the captain's weapon stash and gets some of the guns and she decides to free Locke. When she goes back to free him from his chains, um, he's already out of them. Yes. And so this is when we get a hint that he, this dude is strong and resourceful and a badass, right? Yeah. Yep. So Ada makes a deal with Locke on the spot. She's like, look, I'll give you 100,000 credits to, if you help me get to safety. And so that's where we're left off. And yep. we move in. Now we to- got a duo. <laughs> yep. So the pair of them make their way to the escape ship. But Ada can't see in the dark. However, Locke can. He seems to have night vision. She assumes it's probably because of, like, some fancy ocular implants, but that doesn't understand, like, where he got them and, yeah, like, why like he can see to, He seemed to be, like, a notch above the rest that she's seen. Yes, he's not, yeah. like, a normal man. Like, there are some no. enhancements that he has. Mm, so enhancements. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are those enhancements? I'd like to <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but they run into trouble, and because, like, Ada can't see, Locke is like, just stay here. I will <laughs> take care of it while he mm-hmm. goes and fights off more Rockhurst soldiers who are boarding the ship. So he pulls some, like, super risky maneuvers. I mean, he's kind of like a super soldier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is like a super soldier. That's a good way to describe it. Yes. And so they manage to escape, and they plot a course to the nearest planet, which happens to be TSD-9. But once Locke realizes that it was Richard Rockhurst after her, he mm-hmm. reveals that she he would have helped her for free because there's clearly a hint that they know each other and there's some underlying beef between them. I love that. I love how it's so layered. You don't get to yes. know anything more than, hey, there's possibly a history and it's not explained. So you're left to like wonder and be like, oh, I can't wait until this is revealed. This is always a sign of a good writer mm-hmm. when they can drop these little bitty, like you said, the little breadcrumbs and like, ooh, there's something we have to find out. You know, I love that. So that and was cool. I start making assumptions like, oh, is he like a secret royal? Like, and so, like, yeah, the, I had me the too. same thought. <laughs> I swear I had the same thought, Amanda. The speculation. But Locke clearly has some kind of feelings about members of the high houses. So right. he mm-hmm. starts calling Ada, darling Ada. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like patronizing, but yes. also maybe mm-hmm. like not. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a little bit sexual tension already. But. <laughs> possibly but like ada is not unaffected she's spent the last two years on the run and this kind of sexy man is now trapped with her in like this forced yeah. proximity I element i hate it when that happens <laughs> i know it's terrible it. it's terrible and of course like 
Locke has to give her this sexy compliment. <laughs> oh, God. And he's like, do you know that you're the first person in a very long time willing to stand toe-to-toe with me without flinching or backing down? And he likes that. I think that's what the kiss was about, was to, like, test her resolve to see, like... Yeah, yes. and she didn't flinch, nope. and she just Right, she didn't there. get all princessy on him, no. you know? So their escape ship approaches TSD-9, and the planet is half dark, half light, and the ship starts going faster and faster and faster, and they wind up kind of, like, crash landing in this canyon, on right. the dark side you of the planet. You didn't want to be sitting, a sitting duck in the air, but you know, you crash your escape pod and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not an option anymore. Thanks. <laughs> and so if people are after them and your ship has crashed, you have to leave. You have to like beat feet and get yes. out of mm-hmm. where you are. So they hike for hours to get out of the canyon. It's so cold because it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this is Ada knows that she is still human. She still gets cold. She needs shelter. She needs water. Right. She's not, like, toughing it out. She knows, like, she her body is at her limit. Mm-hmm. So Locke finds a weakness in the gates of the city at TSD-9, and they find an abandoned house. And one of my favorite plot devices ever, where you have to get naked... <laughs> Or nearly yeah, naked. For body heat. Yes. For, to get warm. Oh, I love it. So they have to like share <laughs> a bed and he like gets her warm. Yes. I mean, any excuse for cuddling, I'm <laughs> to down to get locked naked <laughs> and up against me, I'm down for that. Exactly. Like. <laughs> so um, Locke leaves Ada in their abandoned house under like his cloak and whatever blankets He's he can so find. So thoughtful. To recover oh, yes. and get Caring warm. For her. I know. While well, he goes and scavenges. <gasps> And Ada has, like, a very cheap, calm tablet that Locke was able to, like, procure for her. And Ada sends a message to her sister, Bianca. And the thing about, like, the Von Hassenberg siblings are they're a very big united front against their parents. And, I like, their parents' that. motivations. I absolutely loved it. Because so easily they could have turned out, like, little assholes. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, like, really what shines between, like, Ada and Bianca. They clearly love each other. And even though Ada left, you know, Bianca doesn't take that as, like, oh, my sister abandoned me. Right, So right. Ada is asking for help. Like, do you hear anything on, like, the, the global communications? And mm-hmm. their correspondence is always coded so no one can intercept it and understand right. what's going on. Right. Right. So that's when you first get to see... Bianca and Ada's relationship and a lot of it progresses through these communications. I do love that relationship and I can't wait for that book either which is next. (laughs) So while this is happening Rockhurst has covertly landed on the same planet and Ada's like well there's a perfectly good ship we're gonna have to steal it. (laughs) I love this idea so I mean oh my god how to piss off your blonde haired villain steal his ship. Steal his ship. (laughs) And to do this, she needs better technology. And so they fi- kind of find, like, a, a black market trader named Veronica. And I, I love, love Veronica. Veronica. Yeah, I do, oh, too. I love She's her. so cool. I love Veronica. And so while this is happening, they find another shelter because their first one kind of has been compromised. And Ada contacts Bianca to see if she can find some ship codes for the Rockhurst ship because... 
the von Hassenberg family, I believe, is like a shipping family. They have like yes. a shipping mm-hmm. empire. I wonder, because I think that the Rockhurst is also, but they really didn't talk about if the Yamato was also building ships. They all, it yeah. feels they all like had their own ships. Yes. yes. Um, and I feel like it makes sense that you would know the details on your competitor ships. And like right, what exactly. Doing. Yeah, yeah, that made sense to me too. So she asks for codes to kind of like do overrides and stuff like that once she gets on the ship. And Locke goes scouting and he doesn't come back and he disappears for a while. So Ada's like, well, maybe he went to the original safe house. And so she goes mm-hmm. and the Rockhurster prowling <laughs> DSD9. Oh, of course, yes. And I love how like she has that near run in with him. She has to act like she because if she freezes and turns around, it's an obvious like, oh, why is that person running away from me? And so what yeah. she has to do is keep her cool and she passes like right next to him, like brushes shoulders with him. I was like, this is so cool. It's a very <laughs> cinematic moment. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She She's a resourceful girl. So she goes back to that safe house and she does find that box there. And I love how he trusts Ada to find her way back. Like, you're a sufficient woman. You can make your own way back to me. I don't have to, like, babysit you. I really like that. And so Rockhurst men had found him. And that's why Locke had left her in that other little dingy spot that they were fiddling with the comms with. And so Ada decides to check the secure Von Hasenberg family channel. Um, It's, like, you know, better equipped to be secretive i mean it's not infallible so she decides to check that and she notices that there's an undercurrent involving the rockhurst like they're not specifically saying like something's going on but she says like it's so neutral the conversation about the rockhurst that something has to be going on and so she's very interested like all of this has to be coming into place somehow the reason why richard rockhurst decided to intercept ada like something's going on and ada wants to get to the bottom of it and then this is the moment whenever Ada asked for the judgment-free moment from Locke (laughs) and I'm like yes and I love how he says how whenever after he kisses her Ada thinks to herself that Marcus Locke was was dangerous for more reasons than I initially thought because she has the feel she caught the feels for Locke (laughs) and she's like damn it can't be can't have this distraction but he's so hot so you know don't blame her Um, so Ada decides to meditate and, um, to get her mind centered and she goes through her martial arts forms. And then that's whenever Locke comes in front of her. He's like, you want to spar? And I love these situations as well because it's like, you know, it's an excuse to touch each other, basically. I love a sparring scene so (laughs) much. Me too. (laughs) It's so good. And so, um, she says that she's like, she's a runner. She's not like a defensive fighter. She runs because she's, you know, smaller statured than a lot of people that she goes up against. And he decides to test out, like, how would you get out of this hold and this hold? And so one of them, he decides to push her against the wall and like, hey, how do you get out of this hold? And she goes, first, I look at you like this, and then I pull your head down in mine. And then I headbutt your nose and gouge your eyes and knee you in the ball. So, like, she was (laughs) flirting with him. It was just such a great scene. And I like how it's, like, the serious of the moment. Like, we need to get codes. But then we have scenes like this to balance it all out, to have that um, sexual tension between them, have a little bit of playful moment. I just love how Jesse Mahalik can write this. It's just beautiful. I'm I'm obsessed with her now. (laughs) (laughs) So 
So while looking for weapons, they um, they decide, oh, well, there's this like seedy dealer that they had a run in with. And like he definitely has weapons. So let's go check out his house. And they run into Rock Hurstman because they're also smart, too. And they're like, this is a place that they would probably hit. And they have to split up. And Ada loses her tail. I mean, it takes her like an hour or so. And then she checks her comm because she secretly attached these trackers to Locke's cloak. And she sees, like she's following the paths, and she sees that the way that the motion is, the pathway that he's following, it looks like he got captured because he was still for so long. Whenever you're on the run, you have to keep moving. And so he's like, she's like, oh, he stayed here for like 10 minutes. He's probably captured. And then the tracker like goes blank. And so guess what? It's going to turn into a rescue mission. I'm so excited. (laughs) You know what I really loved? Because I was like, I really thought whenever the chase scene started that Ada was going to be the one to get captured and Locke was going to have to break her out. But I really love how Ada's the one to break Locke out it's just i love that turn of events yep me too so guess who she needs to contact veronica because she has (laughs) all that black market equipment that she needs and she decides veronica was like what if i want to get off this planet like i'll I'll get all your equipment but i want off this planet and she's um she says that there's this guy not her husband but someone's preventing her from leaving like nobody none of the ships will let veronica on and even no matter how much money she offers so there's something going on there in her past and so she's like i will definitely take you up on your offer if you take me with you and so ada's like okay all right, fine. I need the blueprints to the detention center and I need all kind of other gadgets to break lock out. So they do come to a deal. I love Ada. She like, she's such a badass, but she also feels responsible for people. And she's not going to like turn Veronica down. She'd never be able to do that. But she does say, you know, now I have two people counting on me. And while I was sure that both of them would be fine without me, I always felt responsible for those in my care. According to my father, it made me a terrible Von Hasenberg. And I really like the contrast between how she was raised and she didn't turn out to be this horrible person. Me too. Like so easily she could have become this spoiled, just like manipulative person, but she really is She's very caring, and I really like that about her. So Bianca contacts Ada and gives her six potential codes for the rocker (laughs) ship. Like, hey, there's you're going to have to figure out which one it is, but these are potential ones. And so she basically, she's all set. She has her gear. She has her drones in place, and she's getting into position to break lockout. So when... Ada breaks lock out and already it's funny in his cell, he'd already been out of the chains. He'd already got himself out of the chains. Yeah, but so it's I becoming was... a theme that he is <laughs> strong, very strong. Right. He's super strong. Um, but I love that he is surprised she came back for him. Not that she was capable of it, but that she did, that she cared enough to come mm-hmm. get him. But he's injured and says he can still fight. She's got this, this drug is called uh, Foxy, that military drug that suppresses pain. And at first he's like, no, I'm fine right now. But um, they meet up with Veronica at the spaceport and they make it up to the ship before the alarm sounds. But that's when Locke asks for the do- dose of Foxy. Yeah. Okay. He needs to be able to be on. They have point to be able to, to. Yes. Because now they know that it's it's going to go down really fast. They cover for Ada while she breaks into the ship's control panel. She overrides the ship and checks to see how many more of the Rockcrest men are on board. And she notices there are some unmoving red dots in addition to Veronica in the cargo bay. Suspicious. So it's like. It's like what? At first, I didn't get that. I'm like, wait, what? I, was I had to reread so it. And I was like, it was going to be oh. like a double cross. Me, yes, too. me too. I was like, she's planning something shady. I was like, don't and do again. this, Veronica. <laughs> I liked you. I know. <laughs> 
and, and again, it's such a pleasant surprise. We find out that it is her son and basically the nanny, you know, that uh, raised that she's got smuggled in some kind of carts. Ada checks on Locke and he's had a side effect from the street dose of Foxy. The thing is, I think of it as sort of like this like super, super huge adrenaline push, whatever, you know, this drug is. Mm-hmm. It also uh, is apparently an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yes, especially the street doses. So, you know, right, we get a good right. little scene. Maybe that's why they call it Foxy. It's, <laughs> I mean, that might be why. I don't know. So anyway, she's like, look, you know, before you crash, I need your help. He's like, I'll help you. He murmured against my neck. He shifted and I felt him hot and hard against my thigh. She goes, not that kind of help. Though, if you weren't high as hell, I'd consider it. I love that. <laughs> This is like so rubbing funny. all up on her and she's yes, like, holy he's shit. like all like animalistic and oh, you know, I'm into that. And yeah. And it like, sounds like a bad pickup line. Like, oh, yes. I'll yes. help you. And she's like, not so, now, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, like, this is dude, not the not time. Yet. We're still on this planet. Yeah. Richard's right outside the ship. We kind of need <laughs> <Exactly>. to go. <laughs> but maybe later. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Rain check. <laughs> so she has to stun him, um, you know, to break the lust haze because he's like all over her. So that he can help her dump all the unconscious men from the ship onto onto the cargo bay, not into the cargo bay, but into the what do you call that? The cargo hold? Where yeah, the they, ships are, they, yeah, they're in the cargo hold, and then they uh, put them all on the sled, and then she like dumps them out like right, at a at a right. reasonable height that they're not going to die. <laughs> I love that she's like, here they are. They like roll out of the like yes, ramp. They or land at Richard's feet, and he's so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Richard is very angry about this. Yes. Um, We also learned, too, though, that Ada does not like blood on her hands. She's Mm -hmm. very cognizant of the fact that she's murdered people. She's taken people away from families or whatever in order to to escape. Yeah, she she does. She really tries not to. Um, But and this is also we uh, discover Veronica's little boy and there's something suspicious. Ada thinks there's something suspicious about the father. Yeah. She definitely has an idea of who it could be because of who is in charge of the planet that they were on, whose territory it was in. So she definitely is like, I think I know, but we're going to talk about this later. (laughs) Yeah. So I won't say the name. So Rockhurst uh, communicates with Ada. I love how he just like patches in as she's stealing his ship. Um, <laughs> and they have some remarks, a very funny conversation where Rock- Rockhurst is just like, you know, come on, Ada, you-, you have to stop all this running. And she basically is like, you know, fuck off, you know, whatever. And like <laughs> hangs up on him. Um and then Locke discovers that Ada was supposed to marry him when he kind of overhears this conversation. And he doesn't like that at all. No, he does um, not like hearing that. Ada discovers how many injuries Locke has had. They're like all over his body. And she's like, how are you like even moving? You know, and so she starts to feel really responsible and guilty about that. Um, but this is like another up. hint at what a super soldier he is, because he has these yes. injuries that no normal man would be able to function with. Right. You should be you should be dead. So they end up landing on APD Zero. It's a black market planet. Ada renames the ship Polaris. Yes. So it's her ship now. now. We know She's where the, the captain. Is. Yes. Um, she finally goes to rest after doing all of that. I know she was also going around the ship scanning for like trackers and stuff like that to, to pull. But she finds Locke is in her bed. But they end up cuddling together, y'all. I mean, she's kind of like, you know, nothing's going to happen, whatever. But they cuddle. And we get this sense. I love where how she he always about... ends up in her bed. Like before yes! anything happens, like he's always showing up in her bed. I know. And he's just like, what? He's like, well, <laughs> like, I came here to I talk belong. to you, but, you know, I guess you're tired and come on, come in this so bed. just come on in and lay down. Just come cuddle by me. We learn also, I mean, Ada's a badass, right? Mm-hmm. But 
she's human, you know, and she wants to feel like this comfort and security, not always feeling like on this high anxiety trip. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's something comforting about just like being able to shut and all that off. And when just... she's on the run, it's always by herself. She doesn't like have right. a crew yes. with her. She doesn't like that yes. is a good pilot. A she ship. hasn't been she's a part of the team. Alone. Yeah, right. exactly. Totally that's an agree. excellent point, you know, and, and I guess that's what's happening now is she's starting to depend on Locke, but I don't know. It's just like the coolest moment where we start to see her really like feel safe, you know. Um I like that. All right. So uh Ada and Locke go to the bank. She needs to pay him. Get the money for him. Right. And money for herself. Like she needs money to like keep running. She displays more of her chameleon type skills. Yeah, I love how she can like put on like one persona. Like the hoity toity person. Like this rich woman. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And she she basically makes these people like cower just with like her withering looks, you know? Yep. She learned <laughs> she from the best them. that Von Hasenberg, you know, training. <laughs> so she gives Locke his payment and now she thinks that he'll probably just be gone soon. Yeah, like and, your job's you know, done. Take off. Yeah. So I'm so happy to talk about the next chapters because these are probably my favorite chapters in the entire book. Ooh. Ooh. So I'm not sure if either of you have watched Firefly, but my favorite episode is an episode called Shindig. So if you ever watch a series, Shindig is my favorite episode because they have to go and be like part of this ball on a planet. Oh, cool. (laughs) That sounds cool. And their mechanic, Kaylee spies this beautiful (laughs) pink monstrosity of a dress in a window and all she wants is to wear this fancy dress because she's like a mechanic and she doesn't get to do fancy things i love that and mal the captain winds up buying her this giant pink dress that she gets to wear and she's so happy we love a good beautiful dress adorable i know i love it so the chapters open up with Locke and ada buying supplies And Ada sees this beautiful dress, and she wants it, but she knows it's not practical. Like, why would she need a beautiful dress? Yeah, like, where would I wear this? So, you know, she she writes it off. They move on to weapons, which they do need, and they go to a dealer named Reese. And Locke is like, I know this guy. I'll handle it. (laughs) Ada doesn't lead that she knows Reese as well. She knows, like, it's going to be a prank. She's like, I'm not going to bother telling him. Yeah, I'm just going to let this roll. So Locke and Ada show up at Reese's place. And the minute Reese sees them, he pulls a gun on Locke and tells him to, like, step away from the woman. I love how (laughs) even though he knows Locke, he's like, Ada all the way. I'm team Ada. Like, you get away from her. Yes! Ada reveals that Reese is an Mm -hmm. old friend. She had loaned him money to help him start his business. And so they've kind of had, like, a really nice relationship, like, mutually beneficial. But when Reese sees Locke, like, his body movements, like, trying to protect Ada, being possessive of Ada, he starts teasing Locke and making innuendos (laughs) about his and Ada's time together. It's It's, it's honestly the best character introduction. I fell in love with him immediately. I did, too. It was just a great introduction of humor, too. And so Reese invites them to dinner which Ada then offers to Veronica because Reese has a lot of connections and she could, or he could probably help her come up with a way that she and her son can get to safety. Right. Locke actually apologizes for being like an overprotective, jealous jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And he said that he did it because she retreated behind this mask 
And he didn't like knowing that it was because of his behavior, which I thought was very mature. Yeah, he's like, I know the real Ada. I don't want to see, you know, the Von Hasenberg princess royal person. Right, right. And Ada's like, don't worry. There's no reason to be jealous. Like, she was never romantic with Reese. And they have a very steamy kiss. And then Veronica and her Mm -hmm. son walk in. (laughs) Of course. I know. So they all go to dinner. And Reese and Veronica really hit it off. And I thought they were so cute. They were adorable. Then the sparring scene that we mentioned. Of course, Locke wins. Yes. Yes. He he has to impress Ada. (laughs) Oh my God, come on. I mean, these are like two gorillas in the jungle beating on the chest, (laughs) y'all. And if you've ever read a romance and there's a fight, you know, like, heroes are popping danger boners. And... (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. All that aggression. Perfect. And he needs to work out his frustration. Thankfully, Reese has a very large house with lots Mm -hmm. of rooms. Lots of guest rooms. (laughs) Far away from everyone else. Yes. So they do a little christening of the shower and the bed. There's this cute moment where, like, they get out of the shower and he goes to toss her onto the bed, but she's still wet. And she's like, no, the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Tries to like rip them half off and he's just like so in the moment. So the morning after, Ada is surprised and a little hesitant that Locke is still there because she has trust issues given that her parents are kind of awful people. (laughs) Yes. Right. And she's been on the run for so long. After that, Veronica and Ada kind of have, like, a a nice girlfriend moment. And she Mm -hmm. wants to know why the Rockhursts are so determined to get her back. And Ada's like, "Mm, good point. I never really thought of that. Maybe I should look into, like, the details of my dowry and see if I can find anything that's, like, a red flag. So in Ada's dowry, we discover that mining planets are included. And these Mm -hmm. planets have resources that could increase technology for, like, faster light drives on ships. Right. So it's discovered that the Rockhurst ship, you only have to wait an hour between jumps. Right. Which is unheard of because it can take 6 to 12 hours depending on how often you jump for regular ships. Yes, right. and the more you jump, and there's the no longer wait. Time. Wait. So yeah. That's like incredible technology and could be dangerous in the wrong hands. Yes, yeah. and Ada expresses her surprise that Locke is still there, hasn't left, yeah. still wants to be with her and go on this kind of quest to figure out what the hell is going on. And he kind of calls her out on her trust issues Mm-hmm. And she fires back with, yeah. like, he's clearly, like, prejudiced against the houses and, like, her station. And so they have this huge blow up and it's so sad. And I just want my little they say that babies was a very not sad to fight. <laughs> yes, they say they things some... in the moment that it's just, like, normally whenever you're thinking clearly, it's, like, very reactionary. And they just yes. say yeah. these hurtful things and it's like, but no. It was very Pride and Prejudice factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a Darcy Lizzie moment, blow up moment. Yeah. yeah. Just sort of, you know. Poor sad little MCs. They're not on good terms right now. <laughs> okay. It's a romance, guys. It's a romance. Hang tight. So Reese, you know, 
there's undercurrents and Reese throws Ada a bone about his and Locke's past and talks about that they were in the consortium's combined military force, like this elite force and all the consortium has access to this military power and they were right. in there together. And so Ada makes the connection that Reese is actually part of the missing squad yes. that Locke supposedly killed like everyone and Reese is actually part of that squad and he's alive. Mm -hmm. So he tells Ada to ask Locke about the Genesis project if she needs an opening. And he knows that just dropping that one little hint that her curiosity would get the best of her. And it would kind of like push Ada to talk to Locke about it. I love how like Reese is sort of a little matchmaker too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. But um, scheming. Yes, he is always scheming. <laughs> He's a schemer. <laughs> so whenever uh, Ada's plotting the jump to one of Ro- the Rockhurst's closest planets because she wants to investigate, like, what are they already mining something? I need to go check this mm-hmm. out and bring this information to my family. She actually gets a notification from the ship saying that there's insufficient alcubium. And she's like, I've never heard of this before. And mm-hmm. she's thinking maybe this element, this unheard of element, she's like, this might be responsible for the shortened cooldowns cool between jump periods. So she decides right. to investigate and she discovers that there's a compartment hiding in the empty. There's an empty half tube of this glowing pink liquid in the um, in the power drive that uh, allows them to jump. And so now she's like, yep, this is definitely something that they're um, mining or developing. And this is what I need to be looking for. And I need to gather this information and bring it back to my family because this in the Rockhurst hands, like they would be able to basically overthrow the other houses. So I like how, even though she has like a tumultuous relationship with her father, she still doesn't want her family like to have a downfall. Yeah. So her mission is to find out all about this. And she tells everyone of her suspicion and the ramifications of the Rockhurst having the kind of military advantage over the other two houses. And they're all in agreement that they definitely need to look into this. And they all agree that they all want to come with Ada. Like she gives them the option, you know, we can go back to APD zero. And they all want to come. And I like that. It's like, yeah. they're the dream team. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, all of a sudden, we've got this like little power team. It's awesome. Exactly. So whenever they're in range of the Rockhurst planet, the surface pretty much looks barren, except there's like one squat building and recent locked or like, yeah, well, underground operations. That's probably what's happening. And it is like great because our, our job wasn't already hard enough. Like it's very hard to escape that kind of, uh, you know, uh, right. layout. And so Ada insists that she has to be the one to go down and investigate and Locke and Reese need to guard the ship. And that if anything happens to her, because she's, if she goes down there and Richard is down there, he's less likely to kill her because he needs right. her. And she's like, promise me if I do get captured, you'll go bring the ship to my father and all the information. And whenever she's telling everybody goodbye, like Reese hugs her, Veronica's like, we'll see you later. And Rock Locke is just standing there and he's so stoic and he's like so cold and doesn't say anything. Uh, And I'm just like, you're breaking my heart. I know. Hug her. Give her a kiss. And so (laughs) um, she goes, she goes down, she's dropped off. And of course she finds the alcubium. She finds these big barrels, but Richard's there and he (sighs) captures her and he, imprisons her and like every day for like a 
like one or two days, he comes in and he threatens her. He's like, we're going to get married. And she was like, okay, fine. Give me a contract. Once he brings up this footage that they have captured Reese and Veronica. And I'm just like, Oh, I know. No, Damn why it. are they captured? <laughs> why didn't y'all just leave? Like, y'all were supposed to leave. So that's what she's Ugh. thinking. She's like, okay, fine. Give me the give me the contract. But she's really trying to figure out a way to escape. She's, she's stalling. She's stalling for time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, so she was stalling for time. Like, And so she started to watch the movements of the guards when they would come in, exactly how many seconds it would take them to set down the tray of food. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, measuring. And so she finally realizes, she's like, okay, I have one shot at this. And then they're going to, like, lock me down, lock me down. Because right now they have her a little bit of free movement in the plate in the little cell or whatever yeah so right as she's escaping um lock appears right there Surprise. outside the door like knocks the dude out it's like hey come on reese and veronica are waiting <laughs> like what so then we quickly discover that reese and veronica let themselves be captured so that they could help get ada out you know and Locke had this whole plan the whole time it was i awesome. love how he actually the reason why he didn't say anything to her is because he was pretty much ignoring her plan from the beginning yeah. and he followed her yeah. onto the planet anyway i know he's i know like when she jumped he's like right behind her you know i love it like, i love I did too. He like completely ignored her. He's like, this isn't goodbye because I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Locke reveals that, you know, he followed Ada and all of that. And so we we find out what their plan was to escape. Um, She has a severe arm wound, like a whole like chunk of flesh. That was really gross too, by the way. (laughs) You know, she's a trooper and he tends to her arm wound, which I like, again, taking care of his lady. Yeah, I love how Um, she's like trying to like still captain the ship and he's like, we need you in the med bay. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I know. God, I love their fights. Anyway, so House Rockhurst declares war on House von Hassenberg from here. Um, and of course, Ada feels a sense of duty to her family. Cause she's like, you know, look, all this is falling apart because of me. I've got to get to my dad. I've got to, um, bring this ship and, um, and see what I can do to stop this. Locke says that he's coming with her, but he tells her about Project Genesis. I mean, this is very dangerous for him because he is the like most wanted list. Yes. And I you know, love how guy. he decided that, you know, to progress their relationship, which he obviously is very interested in. He has to open yes, up about himself. Yes. Right. And so he finally tells her about what had happened, how he joined the RCDF and how he was tapped for a new super soldier project and that few survivors the genetic engineering and so this was a highly illegal project that was all undercover kind of stuff yes it's hush, and hush. and so his team those who survived reese was one of them was sent out to quell this rebellion and they were told to kill women and children and richard rockhurst was the head of the operation yeah. so there's the history we don't like <sighs> so richard's we, behavior because yes. he richard, richard was like hat. down with all of this yeah he was totally cool with it just kill them yeah you know and Locke was um, like and squash this rebellion no. and so basically what they ended up doing was Locke um pretended to kill them all so that they were they would go off radar and could go into hiding and then he went into hiding yeah i'm like you know? okay how many other people were on his team are we going to meet some more secret me people. too I, know. Like, I have a theory she, yeah i have a theory i can't wait to talk about this later wait wait till we get yes. to it so he tells ada that all the houses were funding this illegal project genesis and so which is shocking to ada known, because she's like yes. wow that's illegal her, my her family. own house yeah. and he also confesses that he wants ada and that thinks that they can make a relationship work despite 
um, their opposite backgrounds. And Ada agrees. I love that. It's like not. We, we don't. <laughs> I like it whenever they don't make up an excuse to not be together. Like, okay, we're gonna yeah. try. I'm like, thank you for yeah. not being just like stubborn. <laughs> I know. No, but Ada's very, you know, sound of mind, and it's like, yes, yes, Locke, I want you too. Let's let's work on this. Yes. So, um, she warns him that she has to go home, you know, and that she'll need to figure out a way to get a pardon for him. So, um. The consortium wouldn't want the scandal of their illegal activities becoming public knowledge. So that's what she's going to use as her like leverage. I don't know. Yes, her leverage to be able to get back home and get him there safely. Ada draws up a legally binding contract for her father to sign that she will get one positive vote on one act of clemency, which we know which act that's going to yeah, be. To pardon Locke. Mm-hmm. To pardon Locke. And for her to retain ownership of Polaris <laughs> once they have, you know, studied it and researched it and got all the information they need on the Alcubium, she's like, it comes back to me and it's yeah, my ship. I'm the captain. Um, which I love that. <laughs> you got yourself a ship, saving her man. So her father <laughs> agrees to the contract and Locke is granted diplomatic immunity. He's going under the name Vincent Locke, cousin to Marcus. <laughs> so they try to make it more believable. So they say goodbye to Reese and Veronica, who are definitely going to stay on APD zero. And Reese is going to become Veronica's protector of her and her son. But they did vow to help them in the future war against Rockhurst. Yeah. So we get this feeling we're going to see them yeah. again. I mean, you know? they're, they're they're a team and you're definitely going to see yes. them again. So Ada then lands on Earth, which is the home base for all of the houses. And Locke is posing as her bodyguard. And she meets with her father for the first time in two years. And of course, he's not exactly happy to see her. No, I hate how like whenever she lands, so there was just nobody there. Yeah, like like nobody. She's been to gone greet for her. so long, and he was like in his office, business yep. as usual. He's like, it was "Oh, so you're terrible. here, great." <laughs> but she stands up to him and kind of like hands him her demands in this contract. And he accepts, and there's going to be, like, a debriefing about Polaris, and I like how Ada calls the shots. She's like, this is going to happen now, because she kind of has all the cards. And her father, which is probably the only compliment he could ever give her. Yeah, it's such a backhanded (laughs) compliment. I know. Was, you were always the one with the most backbone, damned inconvenient. So Bianca is waiting for Ada in Ada's suite, and Bianca was married previously, and she's still in mourning because her husband had a mysterious death. It I is. Know. Yeah. I want more info. Oh, it is. I, cannot, like, I can't wait. It's hinted that know. like her husband was garbage, and yes. Bianca poisoned him. Yes. So, so Ada fills Bianca in on everything, especially about Project Genesis, and Bianca's like, "I will." look up as much as I can because Ada has shit to do. (laughs) She has stuff to do. Yeah. So the head of security, his name is Ian Bishop, is called to her suite. And there's clearly some sort of tension between Bianca and (laughs) Ian. Oh, yeah. There's some tension. Ian is definitely the, like, stoic, like, security director figure. Very cold and ruthless kind of guy. Yes, and there's something going on in both like Ada and Bianca. Like, he's so gorgeous, but man, he is just so buttoned up. Yes, he really (laughs) is. So Ada introduces Locke to Ian as Vincent Locke, and there's kind of this moment between Ian and Locke, and 
it's not revealed what it is, but it's very dense. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> and so Ian is like, this is a mistake. Locke is super dangerous. He obviously yeah. knows it's Marcus. Yes. yes. And Ada's like, whatever. Like, I'm not listening to you. And I think seeing Ada in her element, being in the Von Hafsenberg house, he kind of gets really insecure about he can't compete with her wealth and her status. And, you know, she kind of, like, assuages those fears where she's like, I care about you more than any of this, which I feel like should be obvious. She's been on the run for two years. exactly. She's stayed in places that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, of course, uh, a mysterious package appears in her room. I love it. Me And it's the too. dress from earlier. Oh, my God. <laughs> Marcus Locke, I love you. As soon oh as God. we saw that dress, I was like, please, Marcus, buy it I know. It's like, Marcus, please buy that dress. Please buy that dress. And he did. Oh, my did. God. And it was beautiful. Ada then has dinner with Benedict, her brother, and Bianca. And she, you can really tell she's missed just being around her siblings. Yeah. I wonder if all and the siblings are going to get books. Like, what's the I don't plan? know. I thought like, it was going to be a trilogy, but maybe I'm wrong. Huh, huh, I don't know. Because I would love to get Benedict's story. Even, even yes. just having them as side characters, like what she did with uh, Reese and Veronica, I'd be cool yeah, with and, that. Yeah, like the background. Yes, I like that too. So what then follows is kind of like a montage of debriefings with like the scientists looking yeah. at the ship and... Ada's kind of over it. Bianca and Veronica were able to find some redacted records of the genetic reports from Project Genesis and kind of like everyone is involved. Ada realizes that she kind of needs to get all of the houses together to have like a big gotcha moment. There's a Rockhurst gala happening and she thinks that will be the perfect opportunity to sway the other houses in favor of pardoning Locke and she's going to use this Genesis project as kind of like blackmail as well. She meets up with Lady Rockhurst, who is Richard's mom. Oh my God, and she is such a piece yeah. of work. I know. She, there is she's no something. love lost between no. these two women. No. She kind of like blackmails her with the security footage of her son and Lord Yamato with the fact that his son has an illegitimate child on TSD-9. Yes, that's who Veronica's, her her baby daddy was keeping her on that planet. Yeah, it's like a prisoner, like a slave there. The blackmailing doesn't go the greatest, but (laughs) she gets a report that her father has detained Locke and is is now calling a meeting of all the other houses, so Lady Rockhurst and Lord Yamato, to decide on on his execution. Oh, so it's like plans were derailed. Like she was on a roll. She was, she was getting into position. It. Yeah. And then it's all derailed because her, her father found out about yes. Locke and that he was yes. in their possession. So Ada oh. immediately suspects Ian because Ian's the one that had escorted them to the gala. And she was like, you told them. And he was like, no, you don't understand. Like Marcus was actually the one to say, like, go with them. Like yes, I'm not involved I love in this. this. And so that's like Juliet's theory about Ian being one <laughs> of the members of that squad that was supposedly yes. dead. So that's what I Juliet really think thinks. he is. I think it, so, I, too. Which explains why he immediately recognized that it was Marcus Locke. And, yes. and then was like, this is a dangerous yes. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have no idea who you're dealing with. But that also he immediately listened to him and protected his girl for right. him exactly. when he asked him. But exactly. I think Ian's, um, also the fact that they 
mentioned somewhere in there that he worked his way up the ranks quickly to the top of security in House von Hasenberg. I feel like he's like trying to infiltrate from the inside. Oh, like know, a sleeper cell. Yeah, that could be a possibility. I like it. Yes, I love theories. I know so he and Bianca are booked too. And yes. so yes. I'm just dying, dying Me too. for it. Me too. So Ian gives Ada information on how to trap the counselors in this high chamber room that they're all going to be meeting in. He like gives her like schematics and like you need to get get them away He's from so their chairs. He's so begrudging about it. Yes, he is. Fine. He <laughs> and so he gets her into the building, but I find these, I find these, uh, the way that he expresses how he needs to stay hidden so interesting because he keeps saying like, but I can't be seen. And the only reason why he's doing it is because he's repaying a debt, which we think is right. to Marcus. And I'm just wondering because I'm so, I still, whenever I read through the second time, I'm like, who is this fourth house? Because he's, he like covers Ooh. up his face whenever he's going. And I'm like, so I don't know. I'm just like, I want to know. I feel like this fourth that's, house, why would they say that there was a fourth house that's no longer there oh, yeah. if it doesn't exactly. come into play? Come on. I don't, don't know. Don't put a loaded I just gun think in it's the an room without using it. You're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Definitely, Justin. <gasps> so anyway, I don't know if it's to protect his job or if there's like another reason why he can't be seen uh, by someone else on this council. So I, just, just something I had in my head. Very so good. So Ada gets into the high chamber and she holds them all at gunpoint. And the scene is so is, great. Yes, it's yes, so detailed, it's awesome. phenomenal. She's a badass it. too. It's so good. So she neatly negotiates all three council members into letting Locke go, you know, after much threatening and shooting and yes. <laughs> giving them immunity. It tases yes. the lady. <laughs> and giving giving them immunity in exchange for keeping the information on Project Genesis under wraps because they cannot be caught out in the public, like doing this illegal experimentation. Like, and they're all bickering right. too. They're like, "I thought you hid yes. yours. Like, I got rid yeah, of exactly. mine. You were supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to shred your documents. Or I whatever, love how they you know? all don't trust each other because they're all supposed to destroy the documents. But like, yeah. pretty much none of them did. None of them did. They they're had all secret destroyed. copies. Right, right. All of them. Oh god. And then um, she also, whenever it looks like they're going to stand strong, she brings up the alcubium, which is that element. And the thing is, Lady Rockhurst knows about it. Her father now knows about it. But Lord Yamato has no idea. So I felt she so bad up, for him. Me <laughs> too. Like, I'm I like, don't he, know he's what you're so clueless. About. And he's like, what is this? And so immediately Lady Rockhurst and her dad were like, okay, fine. We'll agree to your com- <laughs> demands because they don't want another person to be aware of Odd this. Odd man out. Yeah. I know. Poor thing. <laughs> so Ada will receive diplomatic protection from the consortium, but she is banned from Earth. And she can't visit yeah. her siblings there, but they can oh, visit so her. But you know, she's she can never go from home. home. She can it's never go so home sad. again. sad. Exactly. Yeah. So Reese and Veronica are there to pick both of them up and we're introduced to Captain Scarlet Hargrove. And I'm like, are you part of a future book? Because we just get I, this name drop. She just yes. seems very prominent. I don't know. I she's like, like this redhead badass, you know. I was actually talking to someone today who just finished this book and loved it and had the same theory about Ian being like oh, another cool. like fornax person but oh, i was yeah. talking to her because i think the future books will follow like the von hassenberg siblings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm i'm leaning towards a benedict and captain scarlet <gasps> yes i ship it i <gasps> yes. ship it because she's um, just yep, so like perfect. brash and like no nonsense yes. 
And he knows her show. She could be part of the Genesis project as well. I like that. I like that idea. That's true. Good idea. Ooh, I like it. So Ada's emotions pretty much are overflowing. She's overwhelmed. Like anybody who would be banned from seeing their family and their home world again would be. And so Marcus feels so guilty over being the cause of that situation. And she tells Marcus, she says, I'm never going to leave you to die if I can do something about it. Just the thought of you dying hurts and I don't regret my choice tonight and I would make it a thousand times over. This is a battle you cannot win. You will never convince me that you're not worth it. And I'm just like, oh, yes, Ada. She's so beautiful. So they have a bit of celebration sex. (laughs) Of course. I love celebration sex. (laughs) We we survived. (laughs) Just so exciting. And um, so their plans for the future that they're going to become partners with Reese on the planet, uh, the APD Zero planet. Yeah. And um, they're also going to be involved in trying to figure out a way to avoid war. Because, I mean, it's still looming. They're still like the big overall arching plot. And so they're like, they're they're definitely going to be involved. So I can't wait. I cannot wait. And then. They, they're just like they're just so cute in the end because she says, um, "I don't care what we do as long as we're doing it together." And he's like, "I'm afraid you're not getting rid of me now, darling." And that's how it <laughs> oh, ends. Yes. And I was just so pleasantly satisfied with that ending, and it made me like, <sighs> "I need the second book." <laughs> I know, I know. I want to go reread this one like right now. It's so sad. <laughs> we do this and i'm just like oh my god i loved all these scenes so any other uh, closing thoughts you guys on um the book or the series we kind of talked about all yeah, of our theories. i loved yeah, it I think, but i'm so glad the next book is another couple because i am definitely in the camp of one couple per book that is, is enough the, yeah me too is my preferred me too. format i'm the same yeah yes, i'm excited for bianca definitely i'm definitely excited i think that she poisoned her own husband i hope i think so. that they're also resourceful <laughs> that would be awesome. and i just like that she 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 got herself out of that situation, but I'm excited to see so. her pass. Honestly, I know it's very intriguing, and I love that w- how Mahalik just laid the groundwork with all these little mysteries, you right, know, exactly with Ian and with her, and this obvious tension between them. And there was one other thing that we didn't really mention, and it's the fact that um, she she mentioned, I think, to Ada that you know she had tried, and there's obviously no interest on his part with yes. me. So do y'all remember that? Yeah. So he has been rejecting anything with her at all. And I'm like, why? What's going on? Because he obviously has a thing for her. Yeah. I can't wait to find out more. Well, awesome, you guys. This was so much fun. Amanda, thank you for coming. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) It's been a blast. It was so much fun. I know. I loved having you here today. We enjoyed it. So we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Bittersweet by Serena Bowen. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A. 